0: Hi, everybody. I'm drunk.
1: And I'm drunker.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) doubt that. (laughs) This is the Lantern Cast. (laughs) Uh,
1: Episode 67.
0: That's right. Hi, everybody. Okay. So, you're listening to this episode. You're like, what the heck's going on? Well, originally, me and Corwin, we recorded episode 66. And it was this uh, storyline of... um, the Dark Things. Uh, it's basically a horrendous crossover between Justice League of America and Justice Society. And we, like, we did this whole episode and the episode was really good even though the storyline was really bad. And my computer crashed and we lost all the information. So, you know, like I feel like we owe it to our listeners to cover this storyline. But since it sucks so bad, I can't just do this again. (laughs) So I figured, okay, well, what's going to get me through this? And I came up with an idea. Okay. I'll be drunk. So a bottle of Jack Daniels later mixed with, uh, Holy different versions of Mountain Dew. Um, yeah. Yeah. I picked up Mountain Dew. I I like to try the new flavors. Um, (laughs) So I was down to my last can of each flavor, and I mixed, like, the entire bottle of Mountain Dew. It's, like, I think I had, like, you know, maybe one shot taken. So it was, like, seven and a half shots of of, uh, Jack Daniels. Um, And now I'm drinking a beer because I don't want the buzz to go away while we're in the middle (laughs) of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, this, like I said, this story was really bad, and this is necessary.
1: Well, I had a little bit of uh, some Appleton and Coke, so I've got a little buzz going on. I don't think I'm as far gone as you. but No,
0: no, I guarantee it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, yeah.
1: Dark things.
0: That's right. I keep saying it's horrible, and it is. (laughs) If you didn't spend money on this, don't. I don't know, try and... Like, borrow it from a friend who was foolish enough to buy it. Or, uh, even then, I don't know that I would recommend reading it. Even if you can get it for free. Like, even if, like, you were able to download it free off the internet, I don't know that I would suggest
1: that. It's not worth the bandwidth?
0: No, no, it's not. The bandwidth is. It's sacred, and you don't want to mess with that here. God, yeah, no. Like, even putting the effort into lifting these comics up to my eyes is is more that I wanna put in. Oh <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, before we get into the comic, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to our producer, James Doyle. If it wasn't for him, like I'd probably go insane. James is the one that's editing all the episodes right now, because he's our producer. And that's awesome. So shout out to James. And for all our listeners that don't know James is from Ireland, and so we're going to have him on at some point soon, and he's going to have the Irish accent, and that's going to be awesome.
1: So, how how thick is his accent? Can you understand him, or?
0: I don't know. It... He's from Ir- I- Ireland.
1: Oh, you've never spoken with him before?
0: No, not yet. It's only through emails. Okay. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome, because James is cool, so. <laughs> just wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning because I wanted to make sure I give that shout out. So, um okay, do you want to give a brief uh synopsis of the storyline, Corwin, or do you want me to like give the overview of it?
1: You can uh you can give the overview and then we can <laughs> we can tell the listeners exactly who the these teams are in case they don't know and and uh issue numbers and stuff, but I'm I'm interested in hearing uh your synopsis. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, yeah, uh, okay, so Jade, if you've been listening to the podcast or following the comic, then you know that Jade was on Oa to get checked out since she came back to life. Um, uh, that part makes sense, and when she was flying back to Earth, um, her becoming alive again, through brightest day and blackest night, that whole storyline, um, it kind of caught the attention of the Starheart, which is all the random magic energy in the universe uh, that the Guardians collected into uh, like a you know crystallized form um, meteorite with uh, when well, you know mixing the chaotic energy of magic with uh, the emerald em- energy of uh, willpower. So that's you know a, a chunk of that. Crashed off onto Earth, like you know, years and years and years ago, and that's what gives Star uh, Star um Alan Scott. That's it. Alan Scott his powers, and is you know that his battery is formed from that from that meteorite. So, and his ring. Right, exactly. He shaved the ring off of the the lantern battery. So Jade wakes up the Starheart, and you know uh, I guess it captured her or something and crashed onto earth as a meteorite and since it's on earth now now all of the superheroes that are um have elemental powers or magic powers they're going crazy they're being taken over by the star heart and alan scott who gets all his powers from the star heart is being completely possessed by the star heart so that's the premise of the storyline which you know, it's a premise that they've kind of done before, but it's kind of new. It's a new take on an old storyline about Alan Scott having to fight with the Starheart again. Um, but the premise is good. The execution sucks. Um, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, yeah, the execution sucks. Um, and... uh You have the Justice League of America and the Justice Society of America coming together to fight this this threat because it's such a big threat, which makes sense. It makes sense that they would come together. The dialogue – what was it? James Robinson? Yeah. James Robinson, who did an amazing Blackest Night Night Starman issue from the resurrected titles. uh, That title was really, really good. Uh, and from what I hear, Starman is really, really good, but this is horrible. The uh, what is it? Extreme Justice? Is that what the call for? Cry for Justice?
1: Cry for Justice. Yes.
0: Yeah. The Justice League of America, Cry for Justice, that he did, and now this are are like really poorly written. So, so I don't know what happened to him, but uh, yeah, like the dialogue is just horrible. Um, but no, regardless of that, um, yeah, so Alan Scott gets taken over by the Starheart and becomes all evil and, uh, um, let's see, he gets taken over, all the magic characters get taken over and so the good guys end up storming the dark side of the moon which is where Alan Scott sets up his uh, fortress. And uh, they, you know, they plan an attack. The initial attack fails, but the subsequent attacks kind of like, you know, draws tension and eventually, you know, they save the day. And they, you know, Jade, who is his Alan Scott's daughter, she, uh, you know, she's like, Daddy, you know, I'll take on all the energy of the Starheart. I'll absorb it. So that way your willpower can take over, you know, the rest of the Starheart and uh, you can, you know, save the day. And that's what happens. And um, it's a bad story. It's completely pointless. (laughs) But that's that's what happens. Okay, Corwin, go.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, the Dark Things crossover begins with Justice League of America number 46 however i would I would definitely say that the previous two issues are really important for the setup of what's going on uh, <laughs> you, you you get a much bigger understanding of the event if you've read the justice League of america number forty four and forty five um <clears throat> all every single issue in this which is uh justice league forty four through forty eight and uh, Justice Society forty one and forty two, all of these issues are drawn by Mark Bagley, which is pretty surprising unless you know who he is. Then you know he's a speed demon when it comes to his art. So he yes. can he can definitely crank out almost two books a month while most artists struggle with one. Right. That is not to say that his uh, art was not lacking in certain areas, which <laughs> which which. which which we'll talk about when we get to when we start going through the books. And this is really weird because I feel like since we're doing this again, I, I feel like I'm treading over stuff we've already talked about, like the listeners already know. So yeah, I, I'm a little bit reluctant to, to feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'll try Re, the best.
0: Rehash it all.
1: Rehash it all. Oh. <laughs> and then we had a good solid what two hours on there.
0: It was a good episode. It was a really good episode. I mean, like, I think this is going to be a great episode. I think, like, the co- like, in theory, me being drunk for an episode is probably going to work out for us. But that was a great episode. That was a really great episode.
1: We need to see <laughs> if we can recover that or something from that hard drive. Do it.
0: Not for years. It's not going <laughs> to because it's going to be so expensive to recover all the data from a broken hard drive. Uh, it's not going to happen for years Uh oh yeah this is what they got for now
1: well let's let's set the place uh set the scene now for this beginning of this event this story i keep calling it event but this story we have the justice league of america trying to rebuild its uh its roster you have a dick grayson batman donna troy uh this new star man who i've never heard of never seen before uh he's a blue dude with a yellow gem in his chest um (laughs) Kong, is it Kongorilla? I want to call, call him Kongorilla or Kongo Bill. Kongo
0: Bill. Bill. Kongorilla
1: okay. Kongo Con, is some other character from something else, right?
0: Right, right. We got that mistake the first time. <laughs> Shh, they
1: don't know about the first time.
0: Shh. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. But uh, basically this team is they are starting out doing drills, trying to learn how to work cohesively as a team. Um... I believe even last time you pointed out that the analogs are there. You have the Dick Grayson Batman compared to the Bruce Wayne Batman. You have Donna Troy and her blue lasso compared to Wonder Woman and her yellow lasso, which we'll get to the differences in those in a little bit. Uh, I have no clue who Congo Bill would actually be an analog for, but uh, he's on the team as well. Oh. I get Congo Bill?
0: Oh, um... I mean like in terms of strength and wiseness, probably Martian Manhunter.
1: Well, I was going to say that for Starman since he's like the alien. I get guess, oh. I'm guessing he's the alien.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: I'm not sure what he is. But the team is trying to get themselves together when the big huge starheart crashes down in Germany and of course uh the german troopers or well, what are they they're like they're kind of like the
0: reds like rocket reds the like german the Rock. version of the rocket reds
1: there you go so they they close in on the crystal and lo and behold etrigan the demon is there in his rhyming glory <laughs> uh, so basically the justice league throw down etrigan and they kind of end up pulling it together pulling it together to take him down and knock him to his senses uh meanwhile (laughs) alan scott is in a coma for some reason in glowing green which is starheart affecting him and of course yeah just the justice society who uh his alan scott's son obsidian is also a member of trying to figure out what the heck is going on when the justice league open up the star heart crystal there is jade and that's how the issue ends
0: and i'll i'll just go out on a limb here and say that even if you find this issue in a 50 cent bin it's probably not worth it to pick up. <laughs> I paid hey, the, full price.
1: Some of the Bagley art is nice. Well,
0: okay. And you now this is something that we, we spoke
1: about in... Let's, let's stop doing that. It didn't happen.
0: Okay. Well, they they know that it happened. They know that it happened. Something that we spoke about in the last time we, we you know, episode 66 prime, we'll say, um, because that's what it was. It was, you know, the original version of 66 before 66 turned out to be something completely different. Mark Bagley, my, my interpretation of his art is if you take all of his splash pages and double page splash pages, like the huge splash pages, his art is beautiful in those. Like, I mean, it's gorgeous. He does really, really nice jobs on those. But when he has to draw tiny uh, or small in, like, the small panels, it's just, like, it looks very boxy and, uh, I don't know, like, um, for one thing, it's very stylized, but not in a very good way. Um, You know, like, as far as I'm concerned, give Mark Bagley, like, a much larger canvas to draw on and everything that he draws is going to be beautiful. I wish that they would do that. Because his doubles play is like the the Kara Supergirl in one of the issues was like the the next issue. Okay, that's gorgeous. That's like, oh, my God, like I would buy a poster of that. Not really, because I don't hang up posters. (laughs) But
1: it's really good art. You get the point. (laughs) I, I definitely agree with you. Now, one thing to note is for me, Mark Bagley has always been a Marvel artist. So now to see him in the DC universe for a while, it just to me it didn't look like it fit. It was just kind of strange to me. Right. Um, but here he actually makes the characters his own. I don't really feel feel the Marvel feel like this his Marvel work, his Marvel influence is in there. I I don't like how sometimes his characters can look like twelve or thirteen year olds. That's yeah. the only only thing that can kind of annoy me with it. But other than that, his art is is pretty great when he gets the big scenes.
0: Well, I'm going to stop you right there because there are plenty of times in the storyline where Jade acts like she's 12 or 13 years old. So, I mean, the art and the, the writing matches up perfectly right there.
1: <laughs> That's, that is not the intention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's not, but it, it works out in the end, I guess. Uh, okay, so keep going, Corwin. This is fun. This is fun for me. <laughs> well,
1: uh i'll point out definitely the only reason i was even interested in this whole event cr- keep calling it, this whole crossover was mainly because of jade because i'm interested in her character more than anything right um i, I wasn't i never read red green lantern back when kyle was green lantern i kind of started with john so knowing their history and reading a little bit about it you know I, I wanted to pick it up mainly because of that
0: and uh i mean i guess i'll give some background jade used to be awesome um and then during the whole Ranthanagar War, that's when she died, she ended up giving her powers to Kyle, which allowed him to be um, you know, a carrier for the Ion powers. So that's when Kyle got the Ion powers a second time. Because he actually gave her back her powers when he had the Ion powers. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a good storyline. That's the first Ion storyline.
1: She is, as we said before, the daughter of Alan Scott, twin sister to obsidian who's the brother um and she also has a piece of the star heart embedded in her palm i think it was her what is it right left hand right hand right hand one or the other but she does have a piece of the star heart embedded in her which is where she primarily got her powers from
0: right although back in like the 90s she lost her powers um, and it wasn't until the Ion storyline in the original Green Lantern story, which was like, I think, issue 144 to 150 or so. Um, in that period of time, Ion, you know, um, he, uh, Kyle Rayner, rather, he captured all of the power from the power battery that John, uh, Hal Jordan um, had basically exploded into the sun. So... You know, since he had all his power, he basically, you know, flicked the switch in Jade, which gave her back her powers. Um, So then she, you know, she became Jade once again. Whereas for like, you know, I guess uh, 40 issues or so, she was completely powerless. She had, she didn't, she lost her Starheart powers. And then Kyle gave her a spare Green Lantern ring that he had gotten from a time-traveling HAL. Which sounds completely ridiculous, but it makes sense, you know, in the storyline. And then he gave her powers back, and she had her Starheart powers. And it was pretty cool that she was an Outsiders, but I digress. So continue, Corwin.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, for this issue then, uh, Jade is awake, which for some reason now the Starheart summons uh, Alan Scott and brings him there. And of course the JSA follow behind him. However, before the JSA can get there, Power Girl comes slamming through their ship, uh, pretty much ripping it apart and sending everybody flying. And it is a beautiful, as you said before, a beautiful two-page spread of, of her just ripping through their ship. Yes. Gorgeous. Of course, you know, great stuff. And then even the next couple scenes where we have a few panels where uh, the, the JSA have to say it themselves, the art is not not as bad as as some of the other panels we'll see later on but uh everybody's pretty much outpowered by Power Girl and then suddenly here comes Supergirl who was called by Congo Bill.
0: right
1: <laughs> I'm going to beat this Congorilla thing <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> All right so then the two of them throw down till Supergirl's able to knock some sense well actually not even knock some sense uh Batman ends up uh recruiting Jade to knock some sense into Power Girl, since her powers are kind of magic-based as well. It, it affects her. Uh, that's pretty much the whole of this issue. Jade goes home... Actually... No, that's the recap. Yeah, Jade recaps Alan Scott's history, and then at the end of the issue, Alan Scott wakes up, uh, dons his... Uh, uh, Power battery. Uh, what's the armor called? What What was the series again?
0: Oh, the... Uh
1: kingdom come kingdom come is kingdom come armor and you know we get a nice single splash page of him to end the issue out which is which you pointed out before is a reoccurring theme for this this uh crossover every last page has some big one page surprise reveal
0: yeah yeah in this case it's green arrow oh wait no that's that's the ad uh, that they tacked on at the end just kidding no it's It's the uh, kingdom come armor of uh, Alan Scott. Uh, I'm looking at this page right now with Power Girl. It's a double page spread with Power Girl. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. I mean, like, it's it's so sad because Mark Bagley, when he has a double page spread, his art is so gorgeous. Uh, And even when he has a single page spread, because in the same issue, you have a full page spread of Alan Scott and Jade like in all their glory, and it's just like, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, when you compare that to like, you know, even like a page afterwards where he's, you know, trying to fit like, you know, five panels or whatever, six panels, you know, and you compare the, you know, the difference, and it's just like, come on. You know, his art is so much better when it comes to a splash page. It's like, you know, when you... When you have to deal with something like that, then, you know, this is where you have to work with the artist. And if the artist works better on a bigger canvas, you give him a bigger canvas. So, like, if he has to do a, like, you know, a splash page on one page, but when it comes to, like, you know, the smaller panels, he has to do each panel on a piece of art page. You let him do that. (laughs) You know, like, I, I don't, I've never heard of that happening before. And it would probably slow him down a little so that he can only do, like, one comic a month. But, I mean, even still, like, if he did that for every every panel that he drew, like, I mean, he'd be the greatest comic artist, you know, in either company, Marvel or DC.
1: Well, he, he doesn't skimp on, on the double-page spreads and the large, you know, large panel pages. There's quite a few. Right. a few of them in here i guess he just kind of got bored with (laughs) telling stories between the smaller panels to really put heavy detail in it
0: yeah Uh, but i mean like could you imagine if like you know like say he's got like half a page where it's like a full panel like type thing and then the other panel is like you know the other side of the page is broken in down to like you know three or four subsections if each of those three or four subsections was like, you know, he drew them out at full size on a page of, you know, like a full-page comic spread. So that instead of, like, the typical artist getting, you know, 22 pages to sell to, you know, to the aftermarket after all the art has been scanned in for the computer, um, he would have, like, you know, every single panel that he draws would be the size of an art page. I mean, like, for one thing, all of his art would look like amazing like i said it would take a little you know uh longer so he couldn't do two full books in one sitting but everything would be gorgeous and every single panel would sell like it was a splash page it would be amazing i don't know it's a radical idea that i only came up with because i'm drunk but still it's a really good idea and i would love like You know, like, if he drew... Okay, so, like, I'm looking at panel uh, issue 45. I'm just going to flip randomly. Like, he's got a panel with, uh, like, what is this? Like, four pages in. Jade and uh, Donna Troy are, like, there standing together. Like, you know, if he drew that the size of a a full art page, 14 by 17 inches or 11 by 17 inches or whatever it is, that would be gorgeous. And I'd be it'd be suitable for framing, and it would take him slightly longer, but even still, like it would just be gorgeous.
1: <laughs> this is this is the panel where you said Jade looks like a man.
0: Oh <laughs> wait, is it? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, which one? Which one?
1: Is this the very first after the Power Girl splash page? That very first panel where?
0: Oh no no, I'm talking Daddy. about like like two pages after the Jade splash page. Oh. Uh, Let's go back.
1: Okay, the the Alan Scott splash, the Jade splash, and then the following page. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: Yeah, the page that you're talking about, like, like, like I said, that Power Girl splash page, that could be a poster easily. That's gorgeous. The page after that, where all their like uh, their chins are like jutting outwards, it's horrible. Horrible. (laughs) You had like a full page for that one panel. He could do amazing things. I mean, it would be like... Like, if every panel that he drew... And I think that he could finish a comic if he drew every panel the size of a comic page. Like, you know, every panel that he, he sold would be a splash page. Suitable for framing. Gorgeous art. I mean, like, he'd be a legend. Overnight. Oh, man.
1: It's, it, it's gonna be alright. Uh... Something I did uh, neglect to mention uh, from the last issue, they have Faust here, who is a new character to me, but some kind of magic user. Yes. uh, Helping them out. He came when he noticed trouble was stirring. Uh, Jade also has that star heart embedded in her left hand, which we see now in one of these panels. Right. Uh, One thing I did learn, which I didn't know before, was I guess the Amazons have different lassos, because I was commenting on how Donna Troy has... The Blue Lasso of Persuasion. Right. So whoever she wraps up in her lasso, if she has a stronger willpower than that person, she can command them to do whatever she wants.
0: Right. Which means that Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner would never be. Um, well, maybe Kyle Rayner.
1: <laughs> she, she, she'd use her woman her womanly wiles on him.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't even need, need the lasso because I would be <laughs> just like giving up the information.
1: Yeah, so let's move on to Justice League of America number 46, the official first part of Dark Things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took two in- two issues just to do the uh, prelude. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, I remember this issue.
0: Oh, yeah. This, is, this one was <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All across the world, different elemental and magical metas are going crazy and and just attacking the public. Uh, This issue starts out with, uh, what is her name? Supergirl? Supergirl and Batman, but they're fighting this, I want to call her... Nyad. There you go, Nyad. And tell us about Nyad and this specific gun that uh, (laughs) Batman just happened to have lying around.
0: (laughs) Nyad is a water elemental. She can control the water, and uh, her only weakness is pollution, and that's fortunate because uh, Batman or – what's his name? What's the new Batman? Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson Batman just happens to have a pollution gun. He's got a pollution gun. I don't know, like – I don't know why he would have this gun lying around. I don't know why anybody would create a pollution gun. (laughs) The very premise of a pollutant gun just is, like, it, it boggles the mind. But, I mean, like, what boggles the mind even more is uh, Dick Grayson's inner monologue. when like, he's, he's obviously, like, okay, this is where the writer, like, breaks down, like, what's happened so far. So that the reader who hasn't read the previous issues knows what's been going on. And, like, the dialogue here is so bad. It's basically like a paragraph of writing where Dick Grayson Batman says, And until we found the Starheart, the giant space rock that corrupted Alan Scott and Obsidian, who've both vanished along with it, and while the, the Starheart's powers of chaotic energy is randomly possessing and maddening magic and elemental metahumans the world over... Keeping crazy at bay the world over is all the JLA can do. It's like, that's all in one panel. That's not like three separate panels with images that help you figure out what's going on. You know, like um, James Robinson just like throws that all in one panel. And is like, okay, good luck. Hope you can figure this out. Because you can't. You can't. If you start with this issue, you're screwed. You're really screwed. You really have to like. You have to read the prelude issue, just to know what the hell he's talking about, because the dialogue is so poor in these issues. <laughs> More beer.
1: Why don't you comment on the conversation he has with Supergirl, which you pointed out to me the first time? I didn't even catch it.
0: Um, I don't know, but I know that it's poor. He's.
1: She's holding. I guess it's Nyad. She's holding the the.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Like, after they defeat the bad guy, this naiad, this character who has water elemental powers, uh, was defeated with a pollutant gun.
1: Is, is she a villain or a, or a hero? Uh,
0: well, I mean, for this particular storyline, she's a villain, but I've never heard of her. Okay. So, she could be a hero, she could be a villain, I, I don't know. But regardless of the fact, I don't think Nyad is high-end enough to know who the secret identity of batman is and yet even it like just after they defeat her supergirl is calling batman dick you know and you know not in a bad way like his name is dick grayson so it's okay you know it's not offensive but (laughs) it's like why would you say that in front of this woman that you were just you know defeating it's poor it's poor poor writing poor planning
1: Oh, and we're not even going to really comment on uh, some of the stuff that they say but uh, you know I think Robinson just kind of teened the heroes down too much where they kind of talk like teenagers that don't you know that, that aren't really mature or know any better just because yes. of their interactions but Batman welcomes uh, Supergirl to the JLA and if if you weren't reading it properly you'd swear he was hitting on her but
0: yeah well yeah he, he, he welcomes Supergirl to the team after the last issue where he's kind of like giving Congo Bill some crap about inviting her in the first place. It's like, what the hell? She's Supergirl. She's there. She's saving your ass because Power Girl is about to kick it. Your ass, rather. But <laughs> what I mean. And you're like saying, oh, I didn't know Congo Bill was in charge of recruitment. It's like, well, hey, you know what? If if Kara, uh, as in Karen, the Power Girl, is about to kick your ass and Congo Bill, the monkey man, ha- like, thought ahead enough to call Supergirl for help, like, you know, you better be on your hands and knees begging Congo Bill to keep coming up with awesome ideas, because otherwise you're going to be dead. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: Oh boy. And next we have uh, a <laughs> Jesse Quick in Congo. Now I I'm sorry. This Jesse outfit is just horrendous. <laughs> the, I know uh, the, I know they did it in Flash Rebirth or whatever, but it's a it's a terrible uniform.
0: Well, no, actually they had they had a different version in the Flash Rebirth where she showed like a lot more cleavage, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Don't you remember? Like, I think I, I'm, I'm almost positive. I mean, now it's been so long since I've read Flash Rebirth. But I could have sworn that in that version, like, it was a much lower cut thing with, like, cleavage, like, pouring out, basically. Which, I mean, like, you know, okay, granted, it's uh, a tribute to her father, Johnny Thunder. And, I mean, that part's nice. You know, that's nice. I mean, like, ever since she became Liberty Bell, I've kind of been waiting for her to take on the speed powers as well because I used to read it, like, back in the day when they first introduced her and her father and everything like that. And her and the speed powers was really cool. So, you know, okay, her with the Liberty Bell powers was cool, but her with speed powers back again is nice. What
1: what were the Liberty Bell powers?
0: Like, when somebody rang – oh, she had, like, super strength whenever anybody rang the Liberty Bell or something. And I guess, like, they kind of, you know, made that definition kind of loose so that she always had superpowers of strength or something like that from her mother. It's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, loose interpretation. But the speed powers always made sense because her father had, like, you know, an equation that he would recite, which allowed, it was like his mantra to give him access to, you know, the speed force,
1: well, I, I realize now in this issue they they totally miss color. Well, they they up on the coloring. Her shirt is supposed to be a midriff. In the previous issue, you'll see that like right where her diaphragm is on down is supposed to be nothing but skin. So
0: I see that. Yeah, she, you're right.
1: She basically has running shorts and a midriff and a mask, almost a domino mask, but it also covers her ears and her throat. But it's. It looks terrible. I don't like
0: it. <laughs> uh I liked it better with the cleavage. But that's just me. You know. I'm drunk. I can be honest.
1: But <laughs> we have ev- we have ev- evidence.
0: Uh yes.
1: But um come to realize now that Obsidian is also being affected by the star heart and uh him and his dad take off and disappear. Yeah. Uh Jade heads back home to see her stepmom. That is her stepmom, right?
0: Is it her stepmom? I don't know who her real mom is. I forget. That could be a real mom. Uh,
1: but thought... it's
0: weird that he, she would name her by her first name. You know, call her by her first name. Is that a mom?
1: I'm pretty certain it's it's her stepmom because wasn't wasn't uh, their mom some kind of villain, some super villainess that Alan Scott ended up falling for?
0: Well, uh, yeah, uh, Alan Scott fell for Harlequin. Um, she was like... Uh, I guess like the the way you know beginning precursor to uh Harley from Batman
1: i th- I think that's where obsidian gets his powers from where where Jade is more uh like her daddy
0: right, but yeah, I think Molly is definitely I don't know I always thought that, that Molly was the oh you know what it is maybe Molly is like the uh the human version, and then Harlequin was the like super powered powered, um, alternate identity.
1: Okay. Well, you're the DC man. This is, this is all new to me. Yeah.
0: And since I'm completely drunk right now, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) But she grabs the battery and, uh, what we get is a two page spread of her charging up with Alan Scott's battery and like a Black Lantern symbol in the background. It's gorgeous. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's fucking awesome.
1: Well isn't it cool how how her hand the Black Lantern symbol is almost like right over her hand, it's like a shadow of her hand.
0: Yeah, it's like her power pulse, only with like a black lantern, you know, uh
1: energy behind it. Pretty awesome, pretty yes. awesome. Yes. Yes. But uh then we cut to the dark side of the moon as you talked about before, where yep. uh this one of this Starman, quote unquote whoever this dude is, this supposed star man tries to sneak into the Citadel and gets his butt whipped basically by Alan Scott and gets his gem torn off, which yeah. which, to me he absolutely deserves because if the source of your power is a diamond that you have embedded in your chest, wouldn't you at least try to cover it or, you know, not,
0: yeah. not, not
1: let people see the source of your power?
0: Yeah, that would make sense. But it, like, likewise, if I was Alan Scott, I'm going to rip that gem right out of your chest. I'd <laughs> be pretty happy about it. Like the giant grin that Tana says, like, I just got a giant gem, and I found it on your chest.
1: <laughs> I do like the appearance of Clary and the Witch Boy, somebody who I've recently just started uh, reading a little bit about with Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers, but that's a story for another time.
0: Um, And I guess, like, now is as good a time as any to say that, like, all of these issues, like, uh, this – okay – You have the story, The Dark Things, and, um, you know, they all, like, end with, like, this full-page spread like it's ending on a cliffhanger. And every single cliffhanger just kind of, like, completely falls short. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, dun-dun-dun! And you look at the pages like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, what's the point of this? I don't understand. (laughs) Like, okay, the first part he rips the gem out of Starman's chest. What the what the hell does that mean to me? Like,
1: <laughs> It means they're going to kill Starman.
0: I mean, like, okay, yeah. Maybe he can live without it. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I haven't been following Starman. Well, so I don't know.
1: And here's the other thing. That, okay, you say you haven't been following Starman. Have you been reading this Justice League book? Has he appeared anywhere else before in this book?
0: I, I've been reading sporadically. I maybe I missed like the pay, the, the issue before. It. Oh wait, no, he came in from the Justice Cry for Justice, you know, mini series thing. Oh. And I read the beginning of that and like, you know, I was like sad because I spent money on it. <laughs> uh, cuz it was so bad. You know like, you know I read it like okay, Well, Hal Jordan's going to be in it, and Green Arrow's going to be in it. Like, oh, my God. And it's drawn, like, by the dude that did, like, the last couple of issues of the Shazam, Powers of Shazam miniseries from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks gorgeous. It's, like, the art on that one is so, so nice. Uh, Whoever did that, like, you know, is an amazing artist. But the storyline like it's called cry for justice and literally everybody in that that issue at the end of their like introduction they cry out justice and it's like it's hysterical and retarded at the same time um i wouldn't recommend paying any money for it but if you want to laugh like try and read it for free because it's it's hysterical how how idiotic it is <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to next?
1: I'll let you take this Justice Society, uh, forty-one. Where, well, actually, let me talk a little bit about this because last <laughs> time, last time we recorded, we we were talking about Brightest Day when I was last on the show, and we were talking about Miss Martian because mm-hmm. you know I have no clue who she was. Right. But uh, lo and behold, I keep saying lo and behold. I need to stop that. On the very first <laughs> page, here she is in her glory, using her telepathic powers to help them out. Uh, later on in the issue, we do come to find out that she is a white Martian, which uh, they did reveal in Brightest Day, I think, the next issue, eight or so after we read it. But right. uh, Well, is it this issue? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself.
0: No, uh, this is the issue where she is revealed to be a white Martian.
1: Wait, I, okay, so yeah, she goes crazy later on when she gets affected. But
0: Yeah, because it's magic. Oh, wait, no, she's an alien. So that doesn't actually make any sense. Okay, well, I guess that fits with the whole storyline whatsoever.
1: Continue, Corwin. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Fost, uh, Jay Garrett Flash, which is old school Flash, Wildcat, and Dr. Midnight. Uh, try to check in on... I'm sorry. Whose apartment is this? I'm losing it. Shade. Uh, Shades. Shade's apartment, since I guess his powers are darkness-based, oh. too.
0: Yeah, he has access to the same shadow dimension that Obsidian has.
1: Okay. Well, they go there before they even go inside, though. Uh, Dr. Midnight has a house call, literally, he has to make. So uh, the other three go inside when they run smack dab into Obsidian and Dr. Fate, who put the smack down on the shade. So right there, they get ambushed and taken out pretty easily, I must say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, One of our listeners, I'm not even going to try and remember who it is at the moment. Um, But they said that they liked the storyline because it involved fate. And realistically, like, out of all of these issues, Dr. Fate was, like, the least... Active. No, 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 no. That's not the word I'm looking for. Like, uh, he actually was made to be useful in the series. Like, they didn't make a joke out of his powers and everything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Like, Alan Scott was actually using him later on to take control of everybody. So, I mean, like, if you're a fan of Dr. Fate, I can totally understand how, like, this would be cool to you. But if you just think Dr. Fate is kind of like, you know, oh, okay, it's Dr. Fate, shows up every once in a while. Then, like, this is just like, oh, okay, whatever. You know? You know, this is like, like, you know, James Robinson said, oh, I'm going to throw in these characters that I wrote about back in uh, Starman. And, I mean, I guess if you like Starman, you know, which, from what I hear, like, Starman was amazing. And eventually, someday, I would love to read all of Starman.
1: Um, I, I, I am waiting to get all of the trades before I even start, and I'm just going to run through it all in one sitting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the reputation that it has, like, I'm not taking anything from James, away from James Robinson from back then. Because, like, those, you know, supposedly they're amazing. And even the, like I said, the Blackest Night Starman was really, really good. Like, out of all those resurrected titles, the Starman issue was, like, my favorite. I actually enjoyed that. I thought it was really, really good. The Shade is a character that I'd really like to read more about. Of course, you can't do that in this issue because he's taken over by the Starheart. So, F you. Keep reading. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay moving right along
0: yeah
1: um (laughs) we we i do like the fact that we get scenes what's going on all around the world with different uh different what they call this unit metas in this universe so there's a lot of uh cameo appearances by characters i have no clue who they are so it's kind of interesting to me Uh, maybe one of your favorites maybe not but uh, to wrap the issue up, Mr. Miracle ends up stepping in after Miss Martian loses control, and uh, he says he's going to be the uh, Seventh Soldier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, now, now my thing with this is, like, I think I, I – don't know if I said it a little earlier, but each one of these issues ends on, like, you know, a supposed cliffhanger, like a full-page spread, like, done, done, done. What's going to happen next? And every single time, it's like the crappiest cliffhanger that you could possibly end the story on. <laughs> you know, like, like seriously, like this is the issue. What, what part are we on now? What, what, what part are we talking about? Number two. Part two. Right. Okay. So, so I have this in my hands, and I'm flipping to the last page, and done, done, done. It's Mister Miracle. Who the hell cares about Mister Miracle? <laughs> Okay, I mean, granted, like, the 12 people that read the Seven Soldiers miniseries are, you know, probably care about, you know, Mr. Miracle. And I mean, like...
1: There are New Gods fans out there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, well, New Gods fans, like, of Scott Free, who was the original Mr. Miracle, who was kind of cool and married to Big Barda. He was awesome.
1: That's not this guy. That's not this guy. Scott Free is an awesome name.
0: Yeah, well, Scott Free is awesome. But this is somebody new. This is somebody else. This is like, uh, what's this dude's name? Shiloh Norman. Norman. Shiloh Norman's not an awesome name. Come on. Come on, Shiloh Norman. Your name is Shiloh Norman. No, Scott Free is awesome. Scott Free had a mother box. He could escape from anything. This is Shiloh Norman. He's like Houdini. He can escape from like you know locked boxes and stuff like that. He's probably got the keys in his mouth. I'm not even gonna go into that. But what was part one? Where's part one? Okay, I got part one. The last page was uh uh oh, it's that, that crappy red tornado story. Oh yeah. The,
1: the ripping of the gem.
0: Yeah, it's the ripping of the gem. It's Alan Scott, which. I don't know how many people have told me you can't trust the guy with two first names. <laughs> so Alan Scott, you know, like, his name is Alan Scott. It's two first names. You can't trust him. But regardless of that, like, he's ripping this gem out of uh, St- Starman's chest. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea who Starman is. Like, after the whole cry for justice and this Justice League story... I like Congo Bell. I like Starman. They're cool characters. Like, I like them. They're nice. They're cool guys. They're, they're dudes. I would hang out with them in a bar. I would talk with them. But I don't need them in my Justice League America. And I don't know what the significance is of taking the, the gem, you know, this big, giant, pretty gem, out of Starman's chest. Like... Is that gonna kill him? Is he gonna live? Like, having that be your final page, splash page, like dun-dun-dun, I'm ripping this gem out of Starman's chest. I'm like, okay, have a nice day. I'm gonna go read another comic that I actually care about.
1: I I think you're supposed to care about Starman, which if you are, they spent no time building him up during any of these issues here, so... I could care less. I wouldn't even actually mind if he died. I'd, I'd be okay with that.
0: Yes. It's like my, my rage segment where it's like, you know, if the universe... Oh,
1: we lost that!
0: I know! I know! I don't even oh. remember all the words to it. <laughs> but it's the same exact thing. Like, you know, if the, if the universe like swallowed you up whole and spit you out, I wouldn't care. You know, spit on your grave, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's this whole storyline. Let's move on to the next one. Where are we on? Part three?
1: Part three.
0: Okay, I have it in my hands. Congo Bill. Congo Bill is holding up a dam. Like, can Congo Bill change the size of his body? Or is this just a very tiny dam? I don't know. I don't know. It's cool, though, because Congo Bill's awesome. Like, the guy is cool. Except when his dialogue is written like crap. And that was earlier in the series. But right now, he's awesome. And then you got Shiloh Norman, Mr. Miracle, who's not really as cool as the regular Mr. Miracle, even though he has a mother box. Uh, And uh, he figures his way through all of the...
1: uh, The Citadel.
0: Yeah, Citadel. The Citadel's uh, defenses. He's he's figuring his way through the defenses. And uh, what do you call it? Alan Scott keeps coming up with Emerald Energy recreations of old Justice Society members to fight the new Justice Society members. I guess he's, like, creating like the originals that have do- long since died. Uh, most of them died in Justice uh, not Justice Society, uh, Zero Hour, which was awesome. Uh, and I only bring that up because I'm drunk. But, uh, yeah, so you have, you know, like, you have Alan Scott sitting on this throne uh, with dr fate at one side and i'm sitting at the next and what's what's the dude's name faust yeah faust faust jr the human faust is like okay well you know greener green lantern alan scott if you're so powerful how come dr fate is the one that's actually controlling us you know you're not at, you're not even here you're not even a real dude and so um i don't know like he talks about that in the next issue i think
1: so if you say he's human, what is his dad?
0: His da- his dad is well, I guess he's fairly human, but he's more magic based, so he can okay. do whatever he wants. You know, he's like gotcha. he's like evil Faust from doctor, from number fifty two, the issue of the series of fifty two. Yes. You haven't read? read it. Have you read that?
1: I got it bound in two volumes and sat and read the whole thing in like two sittings.
0: It's a good series. It's a really good series. Yeah, it's great at the end of that series, he actually gets locked in, like, Dr. Fate's tower when Mm -hmm. Elongated Man, like, shoots himself in the head. So he's locked in there forever. It's, like, totally crazy. But it's awesome. Because Elongated Man is now, like, the ghost detective with his wife in the afterlife. Even though they don't do anything with that. Come on! (laughs) Do something with that! It's such a good premise for a storyline. I want to read about elongated man d- ghost detective and his wife. Oh man, I'm starting to think maybe I drank too much for this episode.
1: I'm I'm sure you're going to keep people uh people laughing. So this is this is your rage your rage uh what did you call it?
0: Bro, if the universe um
1: your rage run, your rage
0: the rage uh, segment where like if if the universe swallowed you up and made you, like, not exist anymore, I wouldn't mind one bit. It's something like that. Like, I don't remember the exact wording, because I had the wording on my last computer hard drive, and that's gone with the last episode that we recorded, which is why I'm recording this drunk.
1: To numb the pain.
0: Yes. Yeah, because there's no way you could do this twice sober. I mean, seriously. These are horrible, horrible issues. This whole storyline is horrendous. I, James Robinson, like, what were you thinking? This is, this is like, this is like, uh, celebrities that make a movie for a paycheck. And I mean, like, sometimes it's okay. Like Ben Affleck when he literally did that movie paycheck. That movie was awesome, and he got money for it. And then you know he could also go out on the side and do movies he wanted to do for Kevin Smith. You know that's cool, but this. Sucks. Like oh, what are we on? What issue are we on? Issue number three? Part
1: three? Yes, part three. And I don't have too many complaints about the art so far.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, the art wasn't that bad until you get to that like second story with red tornado. But I don't even want to talk about that. Because that was crap. That was like <laughs> you know, like like literally like if you're running out of toilet paper and you need something to wipe yourself with. You just rip out these cyborg tornado stories. You can use that and, like, you know, the main storyline with Alan Scott and, you know, the Starheart and everything like that. Okay, it's not good. But if you want to keep reading it, you can rip out all these red tornado pages and use that for toilet paper. But, yeah, at the end of Part 3, you have Kyle Rayner show up and... Dun, 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 I have to, you know, stop your father any, you know, any means possible, even if I have to kill him. Which is, come on, it's Kyle Reader. He's never going to kill Alan Scott. He's like his adopted father.
1: No, 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 no. See, you you, you even totally screwed up the wording.
0: Okay, that's fine. He
1: He says, help Alan Scott. Sorry, Jenny, not even close. The guardians of Oa have sent me here to kill him. Right, right.
0: Like that would ever happen. That's stupid. That's stupid, Riley. Come on, James Robinson. I know you can do better. I know you can do better.
1: <laughs> well, the worst part is, the very next issue, he's like, okay, I'm here to stop him by any means, even e- even if I have to kill him. So he retcons what he says.
0: Well, even in the last issue, like uh, skipping ahead of this issue... He's like, I was never actually going to kill him in the first place. <laughs> really? Like, no, seriously. Uh, Kyle Reiner, I've been reading you for like, what, 10 years now? More? I knew you were going to kill him. It's just that James Robinson was like a poison in your mind. So, I, you know, like he was trying to infect your mind. I knew that wasn't going to happen for real.
1: And, and once upon a time, Alan Scott was nearly his father-in-law.
0: Yeah, almost. Almost, except for you know the fact that Jade had to be a little cheating whore and was cheating on Kyle while he was out in space saving everyone's life because he was the only Green Lantern saving everyone.
1: (sighs) You sound a bit bitter.
0: I am bitter. I am bitter because Jade was awesome and it would have been really cool if Kyle actually found happiness for once. But no, Kyle can never find happiness because he's always going to be perpetually screwed. That's just like the way that it's like a, a memo the DC put out. Okay, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you have to write him, he has to be perpetually screwed.
1: Is he is he the daredevil of the DC universe?
0: I don't read daredevil, so I don't know.
1: Oh, you want to talk about depressing? That's, that's a story for some other time. That's a man. He may have no fear, but he also has no luck. <laughs>
0: yeah like i said this is definitely hands down the most drunk i've ever been in my life
1: Uh, if you can talk you can be worse (laughs) you're bringing back college memories now (laughs) nice half the stuff that happened to him he deserves because he just makes bad decisions So when it comes to women, it looks like Kyle is the equivalent of Daredevil, where they just have absolutely no luck. But uh, we were talking about Jade cheating on him, and the beginning of part four of The Dark Things, where Obsidian appears and asks Jade to take his hand, (laughs) and when she does, we get something completely screwy and unexpected as... The twins merge into one being, which is very freaky and scary-looking. It's half Obsidian's face, half Jade's face, but then from the waist to the shoulders are Obsidian. Uh, It looks like the hands may be Jade, but then the legs are also Jade. I mean, it's this really freaky-looking being that they turn into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well... The merged being, and, like, I don't have this issue in front of me. Because God only knows where this one is. In the toilet. Um, Yeah, maybe. This issue, like, when they merge, like, okay, when Jade is, like, costumed up, her legs are, like, she's got, like, the white, like, legging type kind of things. And yet, when she merges with Jade, with uh, Obsidian, who has black leggings, all of a sudden, like, the merged version has green leggings. Like, what the hell? It's like, like, it's supposedly a merged version, but it's like, okay, you have a whole bunch of obsidian, and then, like, you know, two slight little hints, like, okay, well, there's green skin and her, you know, star heart chest symbol, you know, that show up on obsidian. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to create this brand new merged character, but it's basically going to be obsidian, you know, with, like, slight modifications. I think that, uh... The artist, uh, Mark Bagley, kind of dropped the ball on the whole, you know, merged version of these two characters. But, uh, you know, regardless, I mean, like, you know, merging them, okay, not a horrible idea for the Starheart. um, But, like, the way that they get around it, I don't know, I guess they don't get around it until the next issue.
1: Yeah, but uh, maybe a... Maybe her legs are green because she's not wearing any clothes. Uh,
0: I don't know. How does this one end? What's the what's the cliffhanger on the next issue?
1: Oh yes, the cliffhanger on this issue. Well, the whole time they're on the Citadel trying to deal with Alan Scott, uh, Faust realizes that for some reason Alan Scott isn't the one isn't the one containing them or holding them, keeping them hostage. He realizes that it's dr fate which is when the flip switches and come to find out that this alan scott they're talking to is a construct that unlike the rest of them has flesh flesh tones he's regular colored uh so at the end of the issue now when the they escape captivity and the league and the society all come together to fight Jade Sidian, or what was the name you made up for him? It... Um I have no idea. I made up a name for them? Yeah, you made up a name for them. It was better than mine. That's awesome. I called him <laughs> J- Jade Sidian, but you had like Obsidian Jade or?
0: Oh, God, I had no idea.
1: Crap, you had a better name, but they basically have uh, Jade Sidian on the ropes when, boom, here comes the real Alan Scott, and it kind of ends with him popping up.
0: Yeah, I like Jade City, and that's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like, I don't have this issue in front of me. So I can't even be like, oh, look, blah, blah, blah happened. But I do remember the whole, you know, Faust coming up with the whole concept that, like, oh, yeah, you're not even here. What is it, Dr. Midnight also replaces the gem in Starman's chest in this issue?
1: Yes, he steals back the gem.
0: Is it this issue or the next issue where you get that whole.
1: Next issue. Next issue. Okay, I'll wait. But, uh, one thing I gotta give Alan Scott props for is he is back on Earth and he's fighting with Supergirl and Power Girl. I mean, as a male, what other two females would you rather be romping around with?
0: Maybe Wonder Woman.
1: Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> but, you know, all of them will pop, pop your head off, but, uh,. Yep, he's on Earth, tr- throwing down with them, trying to have some fun. Uh, they <laughs> they portray the Starheart as a real juvenile, kind of kiddish character, learning how to have fun and just what life is about. Kind of is the things that they touch on with it. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it for this issue. Meh, we are boiling down. Oh, oh, this is it. Part five. We are we are almost done, my friend. Nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, this is, like, this is the kind of thing that's happened before, where, like, you have this, like, power that becomes, like, self-aware, like, you know, with the Phoenix power, you know, like, the Phoenix power had never become aware until it became, you know, became merged with Jean Grey, and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, I want to feel emotions and shit like that, and so, you know, it, like, starts, you know, uh, feeling evil, And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is evil. But even though it's evil, it's an emotion. It's something new. Well, the Starheart is exactly like that. Where it's like, oh, I want to feel what it's, you know, and feel like to fight people, to feel good, to feel bad, you know, all sorts of crap like that. And I mean, like, from that point of view, it's, it's, it's cool. But the fact of the matter is this has happened in the past. Like this exact same storyline has come up like twice at least before, in you know the old Green Lantern Quarterly stories and Green Lantern stories and whatever. So and it's nothing new. I mean, like this is something that's been told before.
1: Ah, oh, see, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I forget which issue of Green Lantern Quarterly it was. Um, and I don't even remember the the uh, artist, but I know it was oh. written by Ron Mars.
1: I think and- that's that's seven with Ash on the cover.
0: Is that what it is? It might be. Like the so. art the art was so gorgeous in that one. It had uh Rake r- 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 No, no not Raker. Um Quaker. No, no, uh was it it wasn't Ash. It was uh the, the dude magic, with the cloak. The magic yeah. dude with the cloak. Turkmada. Torquemata.
1: Torquemata. Yes, yes.
0: That's there the one. Go. What issue is that?
1: This is seven.
0: Oh nice! Yeah.
1: <laughs> one of my favorites. It has Ash on the cover. It's a nice painted cover.
0: Yeah, that's the one we did for, like, the Halloween issue
1: episode. Mm-hmm. And I got it signed by Ron Mars.
0: Nice! Ron Mars is cool. I met him in person once. He was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um. Obviously, you did, too, if you got it signed. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> Blame it on the... Uh, 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 okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, so we're talking about Green Lantern Core quarterly number seven with your art was gorgeous and I don't know what was the point we were making with this.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is this has happened before with the Star Heart with Yes,
0: it. yes, where he fought the Star, star Alan Star
1: Scott
0: Scott fought fought the star heart. <laughs> Oh, man, this is my favorite episode ever. I don't know. What was, what's just the point of this? Let's just keep going. What do we got? One left, episode left? One issue left?
1: One issue left.
0: Okay. Oh, right. here we are. I have it in front of me.
1: You have 48? Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Okay. Proving once again why Mark Bagley is much better, much, much better with Splash Pages than he is like, you know, small panels like you open issue five and you see just like I, I don't even know what is this like three, six, nine, twelve, twelve panels on this page. And every single one of them looks exactly the same or crappy. It's either exactly the same or crappy. the Exactly awesome. the same looks decent, but it all, you know, like anything different looks crappy.
1: Everybody's surprised by the reappearance of Alan Scott.
0: Yeah. Like, really? Like, like you're surprised by the appearance of Alan Scott? Like, the whole storyline has been building up to the reappearance of Alan Scott. Like, if you're surprised, you need to go back to JLA, you know, 101. I'm assuming that JLA has a school where you could go back to, like, you know, the first class and learn, you know, how to determine. What's going to, you know, be the uh, page reveal on the last page of the storyline?
1: Well, here's another thing. The very next page, though, you have this beautiful single splash page of the Citadel on the dark side of the moon. Yes. Um, And I just even caught that the actual Starheart is sitting right there at the top of the Citadel, just glowing.
0: Oh, look at that. That's cool. Nice catch, Corwin.
1: I didn't catch that before, but.
0: Well, it's a good thing that we recorded this twice.
1: Is it? (laughs) Is it?
0: Yes! Because if we didn't record it twice, I wouldn't be this drunk. So keep going!
1: You're going to hit yourself in the morning.
0: Oh, please. I'll just drink drink some water.
1: Drink plenty of water.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. uh, So, of course, everybody's throwing down on the moon. Meanwhile, back at Earth, back on Earth, Mr. Terrific is trying to come up with... uh, a way to neutralize the effects of the star art. Please. And he...
0: if Mr. Terrific, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't know magic, then there's no explanation for anything. He does.
1: Technology can explain everything.
0: Please. This dude is Mr. Terrific is a douchebag. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Cause like, Oh, I'm the third smartest person on the planet. Like, He inserts that into every conversation that he could possibly put that into. Now, who's the first two? (laughs) Is it like, I I don't even know. Lex Luthor's got to be one of them. Maybe uh, Batman's the number one. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. Superman knows everything about Kryptonian science. And he can read at like superhuman speeds. Like, if Superman is not, like, one of the top smartest people in the entire DC universe, then everything is a load of crap. But I digress. So continue, Corwin.
1: Uh, Terrific turns to Power Girl uh, for some help, figuring out a way to counteract the effects of the start and – from what it sounds like she her alter ego is some kind of scientist but when yeah. she's power girl she prefers to be the muscle and and let other characters uh shine as the brains behind things but uh her and supergirl end up uh using their super speed to build this machine so they start and then we cut back to the moon where the big huge battle is going on and uh Dr Midnight ends up handing back uh Starman his gem yeah. Except in this instance, the gem is green. When we last saw it, it was yellow. So maybe that's a hint of things to come. Maybe it's some kind of plot thread or something, even though by the end of the issue, the gem is back yellow again. We'll pretend like they did that on purpose.
0: Yeah, because it may be that, like, Alan Scott, as the Starheart said, okay, I'm going to create, like, an energy construct of this gem. That way, Dr. Midnight will take it and put it back in... The star man and he won't know why I have the hiccups.
1: <laughs> right. Uh also last issue which I forgot to mention as well, Jade now has the power to drain a Green Lantern's ring, so uh you could tack that onto her new abilities. Why not? <laughs> And, and of course, she throws out how Cal left her as, I guess, she's playing some kind of psychological warfare with him.
0: She died! Come on! <laughs> Give me a break, bitch!
1: <laughs> Remind me to have this conversation with you if Laura never dies and comes back.
0: <sighs> yeah, you do that. <laughs> It'll be a killer conversation, I'm sure.
1: Uh So of course uh, the bad guys get the upper hand when suddenly something happens and Jade suddenly turns White Lantern which coincides with uh, Brightest Day number seven when the entity tells everybody what their mission is. So she goes White, White Lantern, which separates her from Obsidian. And then we have her instructions from the White Entity where she is to balance the darkness save her save your brother your brother will save your friends sorry balance the darkness your brother will save your friends so I'm hoping that this storyline this whole event put things into some kind of motion where uh, Jade and Obsidian play some important role down the line but turning White Lantern separates them and then all of a sudden we hear mission accomplished life returned (laughs) mission (laughs)
0: accomplished it's like like Never before has a comic more accurately portrayed like President Bush standing on like the aircraft carrier, giving the thumbs up, mission accomplished. Even though the mission was like all but accomplished. Okay, I'm gonna try and get rid of these hiccups now. You keep talking.
1: Drink, drink some water. Drink some more beer. Beer. There you go. That'll make it worse. But um, yeah. So as I was saying before. Fingers crossed. I hope they have a plan with this. I hope Jade was sent here to balance out Obsidian somehow or, or save him from the Starheart, which later on he'll probably end up saving somebody else and saving the universe. But uh, also in that panel flash where we we hear what her mission is, we see a, uh, Eclipso in the background. Right. Which you kind of schooled me on as well since Eclipso was based on the dark side of the moon and he was the previous... Uh, Vengeance of God, God's wrath, or whatever. Word. Before uh, he went overboard and God banished him. So uh, they're separated now, but for some reason, Obsidian yearns to be reunited with his sister. They must be one. Uh, Kyle is able to capture him, but because Jade drained his ring, he's not sure what he can do. So Jade says, okay, I'll fix that. She gives him a recharge. Booyah. So... Green Lanterns don't ever need to carry around batters anymore to just carry around jade and they'll be alright. <laughs> so, actually, now that we talk about this some more, so she's basically tapping into willpower.
0: Um, well...
1: <sighs> or is it just the magic, the willpower with the magic that she's getting from the Starheart?
0: I mean, you know, well, okay, bottom line, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, but, like, since she, like, can tie herself into the Starheart which is magic combined with willpower energy, like, you know, hypothetically from the Guardians who merged the Starheart, you know, like they crystallized it with green green light energy, they said in this issue, which doesn't make any sense. But if they crystallized it with willpower energy, then Jade would have some sort of aspect of willpower along with her Starheart powers. You know, so, I don't know, like, theoretically, okay, so she is somewhat tied into the emotional spectrum, but more so, like, you know, a magical subset of the spectrum. So, I mean, like, you know, it makes sense that she could recharge Kyle's ring, you know, if those are the given rules, but by the same token, like, she could also do magical-based things that could, like, say kick Superman's ass because he's vulnerable to magic. That kind of thing.
1: Okay, that that, that makes sense. Uh, throughout this whole series, too, Batman has been struggling with his uh, new role as leader, which I've got a funny story to tell about this later on. Uh, struggling with his role as leader, and then all of a sudden he's he's been evolving and getting more comfortable ordering around these people when he realizes that the Starheart is actually afraid of Jade. So <laughs> So he sends her to the Starheart, where she ends up absorbing huge amounts of power from it, weakening the Starheart, allowing Alan Scott to take back control of himself and the Starheart's power. So she was basically brought back to life to drain the Starheart so Alan Scott will not be completely corrupted by the Starheart.
0: Well, that would make sense if that was the case, but apparently she was actually not brought back for that reason at all. She was brought back just to balance out Obsidian, who, like, you know, I don't know, within the next couple of months, they'll do some sort of, like, Obsidian storyline just to justify Jade bringing, you know, herself back or whatever. And in the end, it's not going to be very satisfying, but, you know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. It's
1: all crap. (laughs) So the biggest thing to take from this event, because, of course, there is a quick epilogue, uh, basically... Obsidian and Jade can never be in contact again, or they'll merge into this being Jadian. Alan Scott is supremely more powerful than he was before, and and is constantly struggling with keeping the Starheart in check. Jade is what more powerful, I guess you can say. She's also now a member of the Justice League. Uh, Batman welcomes her, as well as Jesse Quick. So now she leaves behind the JSA and joins the JLA. So now we have the Green Lantern analog. We have the Flash analog uh, for the new JLA compared to the old JLA. And, of course, Supergirl to take Superman's spot as well. So there's an interesting mirror going on with the building (laughs) of this team.
0: And, I mean, I'll just go out on a limb and say that, you know, the new JLA, which, I mean, is slightly different than the JLA, like, of, like, I don't know, a month or two ago before the storyline started. Sucks. It all sucks. I mean, like, where's Superman? Where's real Batman? Where's real Wonder Woman? Superman
1: Superman is walking the Earth.
0: Superman's walking the Earth. Okay. (laughs) Which is an awesome storyline. If you're not reading that, read that. This is really good. Okay. I mean, Uh, I would tell you that even if I wasn't drunk, the Batman thing, like, I have no idea what's going on with that. Like, I'm reading, like, Time Masters, uh... I lost complete interest in Batman through time. Like, who the hell cares?
1: Well, you, for the Batman I've been following, you need to be reading Batman and Robin as well as the, the Return of Bruce Wayne miniseries. Or
0: um, not any of it.
1: <laughs> I'm enjoying it, so I'll, I'll give that the thumbs up. Okay. I, I I realize Time Masters, I believe that's going to lead right into Flashpoint.
0: I Would hope you... the Time Masters brings back the linear men. Cause like that's one of my favorite things about DC, and it's been gone for like I don't know I don't even know how many years. A lot of years. The Linear Man.
1: Okay, and who are they?
0: Uh, they're these people that can travel through time, like Wave Rider, from Armageddon two thousand and one and Zero Hour.
1: I remember him. Uh, isn't 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 a uh, Skeets made out of his material, same stuff he's made out of or something?
0: Uh, no, no, like, the, uh, the alternate, um, what's his name, Mr. Mind, who was in, like, the 52 version of Skeet's Absorbed Wave Rider. Okay. But if you read Booster Gold, you know that, uh, Wave Rider is not actually dead. So he's somewhere out there. And, I don't know, he may even be the chick that was uh brought up in the new booster gold series near the end of the um Jergens run but uh I don't know I just okay. want Wa- Wave Rider to show up again cuz Wave is one of my favorite characters
1: okay so we get that nice epilogue and then we get a second epilogue where uh Kara Supergirl is you know happy to be on the JLA but now she's wondering if If Power Girl's able to be taking over, why wasn't she taken over by the Starheart? And as she flies away, you see her reflection of the black and uh, silver bad Supergirl in her reflection. So they're hinting at something with that is why the Starheart couldn't take her over. Yeah, you want to know what that means? You're not going to read it?
0: It means absolutely nothing. It's completely retarded. Wasn't
1: that, wasn't that some kind of kryptonite poisoning that caused her to go evil or something, or black kryptonite or something?
0: Sure, we'll go with that.
1: We'll go with that. Now, you have this issue? The final version?
0: The final episode?
1: Final yes, issue. final episode. Sure. Okay. Peter Rios pointed this out in their coverage of this event, which if, if I, I, I urge listeners to listen to the episode because you will laugh so hard at some of the glaring errors in this book in this book alone just this book here
0: number five or five
1: yes part five look at uh that first panel on the last page of supergirl okay first panel you see her flying right yes what building is that in the background with the globe
0: is that the july bugle
1: it's supposed to be daily
0: the daily bugle that's peter parker's place
1: (laughs) exactly Exactly. Not the, was it Daily Planet? No, not Daily Planet. Daily Bugle.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I'll just go out on a limb here and say that Peter Rios and everybody at the CGS crew are awesome. And they always do a professional job. This is anything but. Corwin, you've done a very professional job. (laughs) I have done anything
1: but. You've kept the listeners laughing.
0: I hope so. I hope they've been entertained. Cause there's no way I could do this again, sober. <laughs> there's no way I would kill myself before I did this episode again, sober. I'm I'm now resorting to tums to start to calm my stomach from all the alcohol I've been drinking.
1: And one one other thing to point out that Peter said that made me just die laughing. Right. Um, eventually, Batman does recruit uh, Jesse Quick. Yeah. And and he does pay her some comments uh, basically about her being ready and all this other stuff being a hero something like that. All right. When Pete drops that previously in the old Teen Titans or whatever it was, he actually trained her. <laughs> so this person that he's trained, he's now saying oh she's she she has potential, she 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 could be a hero, all this other stuff. Uh, basically trying to, you know, big up her head and stuff like that when he actually knows what she can do. He's already trained her and told her about her potential before. So there's just that and some glaring errors. I mean people being called by the wrong names. I mean, crazy stuff like that. Uh, listen to that episode. It is just great. It is hilarious. It'll keep you rolling.
0: I wanted to make sure that I recorded this one first before I was influenced by their, um, their opinions. Right. But now I'll definitely record that. But listen to that rather. But I I mean, like on top of that, like, uh, okay. So you need a speedster for your justice league of America. Okay. That's fine. Well, for how many years you were on a team with Wally West, (laughs) why wouldn't you invite Wally West?
1: Because it'll be too close to the Teen Titans.
0: I guess. Yeah, well, that's that makes sense. Because the whole thing doesn't make sense. That's retarded.
1: You know what doesn't make sense? What's that? Me looking at this panel with Jadian. And now the upper half is Jade and the lower half is Obsidian.
0: I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Oh Lord, and we pointed out the whole thing with the crystal turning green. Um what else? Uh yeah, that's that's it. Uh just listen. Now that you listen to this episode, you don't have to read these issues. So we just saved you all the trouble. We've we've taken on the burden from you. We've we've <laughs> we, we basically saved our hour of your life, an hour and a half of your life, so you can move on and do better things, fearless listener.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Not even my worst enemy. Corwin. Um My plan was originally to also do the, uh... What do you call it? Uh, the thing that Chad does.
1: The Larfleas report.
0: Yes, the Larfleas report. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. Because I feel like I've drank so much that very soon I'm going to need to throw up. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, I think that we should probably end the episode here. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for being professional enough to actually give recaps. Because, like, seriously, I couldn't <laughs> be bothered with learning this stuff again.
1: It's all good, man. Anything for the listeners. Anything okay. for the listeners. And I'm a huge fan of the show.
0: God, yeah. Um, Corwin, thank you so much. Uh, Let's see lanterncast.com that's our website lanterncast at gmail.com. jim jason dan james at lanterncast.com if you want to email us all individually uh we have an email uh oh no we have a voicemail and somewhere that's uh oh yeah that, that voicemail number is 206 337 1579 And if you go to our website at lanterncast.com, we have a forum link. So you can go to the forum and talk to everybody that likes us a lot. Uh, We have a Facebook page. We have a bunch of Facebook page listeners, uh, over 200 now. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. So come join us, talk to us, and um, make comments about our cool things.
1: And, And call the voicemail because I'd have to hate for Jim to have to memorize a new phone number.
0: God, that sucks! I actually <laughs> called like a week ago just to make sure that like you know we didn't lose the number again. After oh, month, you know it's like oh yeah we're gonna give your number away. No, don't give my number away. I can only remember one number at a time.
1: Uh, also, congrats on the Elseworlds episodes. Uh, you know I'm happy to see you guys are spinning off into subgenres of podcasts now.
0: Yeah, well you know it's all Green Lantern related. So thanks to Chad for that one
1: that's cool but thank you thank you corwin definitely
0: (sighs) okay um yeah like i said we were gonna do the larfleet report we're gonna have to wait for the next episode uh and i guess we're done
1: All right, well, thanks for having me on. Get some sleep. Hopefully you don't have to wake up too early in the morning and go to work, because you're probably going to be feeling a little bit uh, of a hangover.
0: I'm probably going to be calling in sick. (laughs)
1: There you go. Good man.
0: We'll see. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody, and I hope you enjoyed this. If you enjoyed this, let me know, because um, this is not something I do often as far as, like, get this drunk. So, I mean, if it's something that you enjoyed... Um, It would be nice to have a justification for it. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Say good night, Corwin.
1: Good night, Corwin.
0: thought we were done oh <laughs> uh, yeah we are now uh, uh okay go,
1: go get some sleep and uh and, and tell lauren that it wasn't my fault i'm sorry that i sent you home drunk
0: yeah i'm gonna go show up
1: <laughs> all right
0: i'll talk to you later
1: peace take it easy
0: all right